Sometimes you have to just quit talking, and you've got to just get in the game. Uh, that reminds me of a kid I knew back in my youth pastor days named Frank. And Frank was in junior high, and he loved to play football. He just wasn't very good at it. And uh, Frank was always that kid who followed the coach around on the sideline, was always bugging the coach to put him in the game. And, and one uh, game late in the season, uh, Frank had his helmet on. He was ready to go. He had been following the coach on the sideline the whole game. And finally, he just looks up at the coach, who was a friend of mine, and he said, Coach, I'm going in. And he took off and ran onto the field, and Frank put himself uh, in the game. You know, when it comes to making a difference in our world, when it comes to making an impact in our communities, we ought to all have the same enthusiasm, the same eagerness to make a difference that Frank had. We ought to be constantly looking for ways to get in the game and make an impact in the community and in the world in which God has placed us. Jesus actually told a story in the Bible about a man who did that, a man who got in the game and made an impact with his life. It's found in the book of Luke, and so if you have a Bible, today. Open it up uh, to Luke. If you're new to church or new to the Bible, the Bible is divided up into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is a record of the history and movement of God before the coming of his son Jesus into the world. And everything in the Old Testament points forward that one day God will send a rescuer to rescue people from their sins. That's the story of the Old Testament. Uh, the New Testament is the story of the rescuer. It, uh, it includes Jesus' birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and the beginnings of his early church. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 uh, today and looking at a conversation that Jesus had and a story that he told in order to show us how to make an impact in our world. And so in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, here's what the Word of God says. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life. What is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus said, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus this question, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus told this story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, and he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, and he brought him to an inn and, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra response, any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. 
You see, the Samaritan in this story was ready to get in the game. He was ready to make an impact in someone's life. He was ready to make a difference in the world in which he lived. And that's really our question today. How can I make a difference in my world? How can you make a difference in your world? How can we get in the game and make a difference in the places where God has planted us? Well, I think there are two lessons that we can learn from this story that Jesus shares. If we want to make an impact, if we want to make a difference in our world, the first thing we have to do is we have to see people like Jesus sees people. Look at what the Samaritan did again in, in Luke 10, starting in verse 31. It says, A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, the man who had been beaten and robbed and left for dead, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. You see, in, in this story that Jesus tells, there are three people. There's a priest or, or the religious leader of the day. And how does he respond to the man who's hurting and in need? He walks by on the other side. He doesn't help. There's a Levite who would, who would be a person who, who had some religious duties, but was also a political leader in this day and age. And when he saw the man in need, he walked by on the other side. But the Samaritan... As he traveled and he saw the man, he came up to him and he helped him. The Samaritan got in the game and began to help the man in need. And to hear this story from Jesus would have been so insulting to, to the Jewish audience that was around him because they despised the Samaritans. They, they thought the Samaritans were lower than dogs. And Jesus tells this parable, and, and the religious leaders are the villains in the story, and the Samaritans. Samaritan is the hero, and the people who heard this would have been furious to hear the story from Jesus. But here's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was pointing out to the people that it's not our religious beliefs that make a difference in the lives of hurting people. It's our behavior. It's putting those beliefs about loving people and serving people and helping people into action. We can say we love people all day long, but until we actually put love into action and see hurting people as Jesus sees them, it doesn't make a difference. Because here's the big difference between the priest and the Levite and the Samaritan. The priest and the Levite saw a problem. The Samaritan saw a person. And if we want to make a difference in our world, we have to see people like Jesus sees people. We can't just see a problem. We have to see a person. And just a side note, in the passage here, the Bible says that the Samaritan came to where the man was. You see, the priest and the Levite walked away from where the man was, but the Samaritan came right to where the man was. You can't see people. I can't see people as Jesus sees them if we live life so secluded from the world that we're never around hurting people that we're never around broken people, that we're never around people who need help and need hope. Jesus surrounded himself with people who needed help and who needed hope. And, and you can't make a difference in a hurting world if you isolate yourself from it. 
You know, I bought a, a four-wheeler for my son Hayden a couple Christmases ago. One of those uh, battery-charged ones uh, goes like 12 miles an hour max. And uh, when I bought him that four-wheeler, uh, the first thing that my mom asked me was, you got him a helmet, didn't you? You got him a helmet, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, mom, of course I got him a helmet. Nobody buys their kid a four-wheeler without a helmet. And then I went to Walmart after I hung up the phone and got a helmet, right? Uh, and, and, and that's something we think about. Like when, when I was growing up as a kid, man, you just jumped on the four-wheeler and you went. No one thought about a helmet. Like nowadays, we have things like car seats, right? We put our kids in car seats. We expect our kids to be buckled up. When I was growing up, you put the seats down uh, in, the, in the station wagon and you could go cross-country road trip and, and you were just in the back of the station wagon, not even with a seat, much less a car seat or a seat belt. Kids rode like in the back of top of the, the seats and the window. We just don't do that anymore. Why? Because as our society has progressed, we've said, hey, maybe letting kids ride four-wheelers like, like motorized machinery without a helmet is not a good idea. Hey, maybe letting kids sit in the windowsill of a, of a vehicle that's going 55, 65, 75 miles an hour is not a good idea. Our perspective has changed as we've grown and matured as a society. And it's the same thing with following Jesus. As we begin to, to, to follow Jesus, we ought to mature and see things differently. Our perspective ought to change. As we start to follow Jesus, we ought to see people as Jesus sees people. Well, how does Jesus see people? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, when Jesus saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 39, uh, there's a story about how Jesus saw a person. And it says one of the Pharisees, the religious leaders, asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat when a certain immoral woman, a prostitute, from that city heard Jesus was eating there. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. She kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. You see, the Pharisee didn't see the woman. He saw a label, sinner. He saw a problem, a prostitute. And in seeing the label and in seeing the problem, he easily cast judgment on her. Jesus saw a person, not a problem. And in seeing a person instead of a problem, Jesus cast love on her. You see, the best way to know that you're looking at life from God's viewpoint is to look at the way we see other people. It's the number one test of our spiritual maturity. Not how much Bible do you know, not how much church do you attend, not how much do you tithe or how much do you pray, but how do you see people? How, how do you see the people around you? How do you see the people in your relationships? Because loving people starts with seeing them. If you want to get in the game, if you want to make a difference in your community, if you want to make an impact in your world, it starts with seeing people as Jesus sees people. Uh, but the other lesson we learn from this passage is this. Not only do we have to see people like Jesus sees people, we also have to love people 
like Jesus loves people. As the story continues with the Samaritan in Luke 10, verse 33, it says, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, and he brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after them, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense. You may have. As Jesus continues this parable, we notice that not only did the Samaritan see the hurting man like Jesus would have seen him, but he also loved the man like Jesus would have loved him. How do we know that? Because the Samaritan made an investment in the man who was hurting. He sees the need of the hurting man and he does something about it. And that's what love does. Love does something. Love takes action. Love does something. The man's hurting and beaten and left for dead. And the Samaritan goes into action. The Samaritan does something. He bandages his wounds. He pours costly oil and wine over his, his wounds in order to help them heal. He takes them on his donkey on he takes him on his own donkey to an inn. He gives the innkeeper two denarii, two silver coins that would have been worth a full two days' wages, and says, Take care of him and if I owe you any more when I come back through I'll pay the bill he made an investment in the hurting man he did something and that's what love does love does something love takes action love makes an investment it would have been easy it would have been so easy for the Samaritan to say you know what there's just too many people that get robbed and beaten up for me to help them all This is a dangerous road. There's a lot of bad things that happen on this road. There's no way I can help everyone. There's no way I can fix it all. So I'm just going to go on my way and do nothing. Because sometimes we, we can get that attitude. We look at our world and we get overwhelmed by all the hurt and the needs and the issues in our world. And we think there's no way I can make a difference. I'm just one person. But the truth is we can make an impact. We can make a difference. The Samaritan not only made a difference for this one man, but he saved his life. You might not be able to solve every problem in the world. I I might not be able to solve every problem in the world. But if your neighbor is hungry, you can give him something to eat. If your coworker is struggling with a, a storm in life, you can be a listening ear. If that person that sits next to you in math class is lonely, you can be their friend. Love does something. And that's how Jesus loved people. He took action. He did something. And when we invest our time and our words and our resources and our lives in helping hurting people and letting them know that Jesus loves them when life has, has, has left them on the side of the road beaten and bloodied and left for dead, we are putting love in action. And we are showing them in a very practical way the love of God because that's how Jesus showed his love to us. He showed his love to us by taking action, by making an investment. In the Bible, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were beaten and bruised and bloodied by sin and by the difficulties of this world, 
Jesus made an investment of his life. In 1 John chapter 3.16, the Bible says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. You see, Jesus didn't wait for us to fix all our problems and clean ourselves up before he invested in us. No, while we were still helpless and hopeless, beaten and bruised by the world, left for dead with no hope on our own, Jesus laid down his life for us. He gave up his life on the cross to show us what love looked like. Jesus loved us, so he did something. And if we want to love people like Jesus loved people then we have to get in the game and do something. You see, at the end of the parable, as Jesus finishes the story, the, the, the expert in the law is standing there, and Jesus asks him this question. He says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. If we want to get in the game, if we want to make a difference in our world, we have to go and do likewise. I have with me here today a conference championship ring. Uh, this conference championship ring is from the ASC uh, conference. It's a conference championship ring from 2011. And you may or may not know this, but this ring belongs to our worship pastor, Michael Pittman. I bet you didn't know uh, that he had a conference championship, a college conference championship football ring. This is Pittman's football ring. He was part of the college uh, the ASC conference championship team uh, back in 2011. He has this bright, shiny, big, fat ring as proof that he was part of the team. And so now I know you're wondering what, what part of the team was he? Uh, was he the quarterback? Was he the linebacker? Uh, what, what part of the team was he? Here's what Pittman's role on the team was. He was the film guy. He, he was the film crew. He recorded the practices and he recorded the games and made sure that the team had all of the film it needed to accomplish uh, what it needed to do. And, and, you know, here's the thing, whether you're the, the star quarterback or whether you're uh, the backup on the sidelines or whether you're the water boy or whether you're the film crew, uh, when you're on the team, you get a conference championship ring. And here's the truth. If we see people as Jesus sees them, we will see every single person, regardless of their position in life, we will see every single person as worthy of a conference champion. We will see every single person with incredible value and worth. And it won't matter if in life they're the star quarterback or they're the backup kicker or they're the water boy or they're on the film crew. It won't matter what their position in life is. We will see their value as that of a conference champion if we see people as Jesus sees people. And if we love people like Jesus loves people, we will invest our lives in sharing the hope and love of Jesus with hurting people so they see themselves as a conference champion too. Because God looks at them and he doesn't see broken and beaten and bruised. He doesn't see star quarterback or bench warmer. He sees his beloved creation made for a relationship with him with immense value and worth. He sees someone who is a conference champion. Why? Because every person matters to God, no matter their position in life. 
It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter what they believe. It doesn't matter what they've been through. Jesus died for every person in this world. Jesus loves every person in this world. And God has an immense plan for their lives. Jesus said it very simply when he said this, you will know my disciples by their love. Not by their Christian t-shirts, not by their bumper stickers, not by their big pretty church buildings, not by their Facebook post. <coughs> he said, you will know my disciples by their love. You want to change the world? Love. You want to start a spiritual revolution at your school? Love. You want to see a community completely transformed by the hope of Jesus? Love. Love your neighbors. Love your coworkers. Love your friends. Love your families. You want to get in the game? Love people the way Jesus loved people. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that you love us. Regardless of our place in life, regardless of our position in life, when you look at us, you see your child created with immense value and worth. And you loved us so much that not only did you see the value and worth in us, but you sent your son Jesus to give his life so that we might know what love is. And so help us to see people as you see people, God. Help us to love people as you love people so that we can get in the game and make an impact with this one life that you've given us. We ask all these things in your life-giving, life-changing name, Jesus. Amen.